go to the book of Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7. While you're finding that, I want to say, give honor to our pastor, Pastor Bradford. Give honor to this church and everything that it stands for. Amen. Thankful for the church. Thank you to everyone supporting us. Um, starting a new church off of Ash and District. Um, it's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of sacrifice. And I just want to say thank you to everyone that's helped physically, everyone that's helped financially, monthly. I just appreciate it. Um, they say if you're not careful, starting a church will make you go crazy. And this far, um, there's nothing wrong with me, 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 me. Oh, what? I'm just kidding. It's been a lot of work, but I'm glad to do the work of God and appreciate all of your help. Let's go to the book of Revelation, chapter 12 and verse 7. When you're there, say amen. amen. It says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before their God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Tonight, for a few moments, I want to preach on this title, The Mouth of the Enemy and the Hand of God. The Mouth of the Enemy and the Hand of God. If you would, put your Bibles down. Let's lift our hands one more time and ask the Lord to help us. God, we pray for your anointing to be in this house and to break every yoke. Lord, the anointing of the Lord can break the yoke of bondage, of depression, of anxiety, of sin. And tonight, God, we pray for your spirit to be in this house. Because as the writer said, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. Well, tonight, God, we're believing you to intercede. We're believing you, God, to interrupt. We're believing in you to intercept the attacks of the enemy and to give victory unto the people of God. I wonder one more time, can we lift our voices and shout unto God with the voice of triumph? God bless you. You may be seated. Revelations chapter 12 and verse 7 tells us about a war in heaven between the devil and the angels of God. Throughout the Bible, the devil is given many different titles. Matthew chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, and in Revelations chapter 12 and chapter 20, he's called the devil. In Job chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 4, he's called Satan. Revelations chapter 12, he's called the serpents. Isaiah chapter 14, he's called Lucifer, son of the morning. Revelations chapter 12, he's called the dragon. John chapter 12, he's called the prince of rulers. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he's called the god of this world. In Ephesians chapter 2, he is the prince of the power of the air. Ephesians chapter 2, he is the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Revelations chapter 12, he is the accuser of the brethren. 
Matthew chapter 4 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, he is the tempter. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he's called Belial. Matthew chapter 12 and Mark chapter 3, he's called Belzebub. Revelations chapter 9, he's called Abaddon or Apollyon. But I want you to know tonight that no matter what his name is or what he may try to call himself, that the people of God have victory over every work of the enemy. I want to tell you I'm not afraid of demonic possession because I have the Holy Ghost in me and greater is he that's in me than he that's working in the world. I want to preach right now to somebody. You're afraid of the devil. You're worried about spiritual darkness. I'm telling you there's no spiritual darkness in this place because the light of the Holy Ghost is shining bright amongst the people of God. He said where two or three are gathered together in his name, he's in the midst of them. When Jesus came into the presence of demons, they begged him and prayed to be cast out of his presence. There's no demon in this place that can steal your faith. There's no demon in this place that can steal your miracle. There's no demon in this place that can destroy you. Come on, we overcame him by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the lamb. Come on, let's give God about 20 seconds of praise. You may be seated. One of the first works we see of Satan is in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. The Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, God hath said, Shall you not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God said, Ye shall not eat it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God doth know in that day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Today, or tonight, I want to say that when we think of the works of Satan, we think of satanic influence. We associate that with things like demonic possession or mind control, human sacrifice, witchcraft, or secretive dark happenings. But biblically, the first and foremost uh, manifestation of Satan that we can find is a spirit that attacks leadership, a spirit that tries to discredit authority, a spirit that isolates people to spread lies and plant seeds of discord and division among God's people. The devil presented himself as being friendly, helpful, and concerned. But what I think is interesting to me is that when Adam was by himself, that the devil, the devil never messed with him. But the second that Adam was linked up with somebody else, the devil tried to put himself in the middle of a relationship and cause division and discord. Isn't it interesting that when we were out in the world and we were losing our mind on drugs and we were losing our mind on alcohol that the devil left us alone but when we start to try to live for God and we try to be a man or a woman of prayer and dedication and consecration that the devil wants to try to come in and discourage you and discredit you and attack your faith I want to tell the devil it's too late you're not going to cause division in my life you're not going to cause discord in this church you're not going to undermine the leadership of this house oh the devil you just showed up too late I've made up in my mind I'm going all the way 
You're not going to get me off track. You're not going to get me off course. I'm not going to backslide, but I'm going to live for God. Amen. Before you criticize the ministry, before you criticize the church, you need to remind yourself that that's Satan's job. So maybe you should pray for them instead. I'm telling you tonight, the devil would like nothing more than to distract, discredit, isolate, and plant seeds of discord and division among the church. But there's somebody that's got to stand in the gap, oh, and say, it's not going further than this. I'm drawing the line right here, and you're not getting through because I'm going to kill it while it's in front of me. Woo! I want to tell somebody, the devil never messes with you until you try to do something for God. But till you're linked up with somebody else. They say in storybooks about marriage that they lived happily ever after. But I'll tell you the truth. When you go into a relationship of a marriage, it's a war that's going to take place. A war for your marriage. A war for your children. A war for your future. And the devil is going to do everything he can to attack you in those moments. I want to tell somebody, we need to defend our marriages. We need to defend our families. We need to defend our faith. We need to defend our children. We need to protect our future. Don't let the influence of Satan tear your life apart. He's nothing but a liar and a deceiver, and the truth is not in him. In Ezra chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity builded the temple unto the Lord God of Israel, then they came to Zerubbabel and to the chiefs of the fathers and said unto them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God as we do, and we do sacrifice unto him in the days of Esheron, king of Asher, which brought us up hither. You see, the people of God were in captivity for 49, maybe 50 years, while the temple was destroyed and these men who were the early Samaritans had no problem with it being destroyed until somebody else came along and started to try to rebuild it. Oh I'm going to tell you there's people in your life that weren't interested in you that want to have an opinion about your walk with God I'm going to tell you tonight that if you weren't with me when I was broken you didn't have any advice for me when I was lost when I was injecting needles into my arms when I was spending all hours of the night on drugs and addictions when I was losing my mind and contemplating suicide if you weren't there for me in those moments don't try to show up all of a sudden and tell me what I've gotten myself involved in and tell me how God's not real and tell me how religion is a lie I'm sorry but this joy that I have the world didn't give it to me Oh, this peace that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This Holy Ghost that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Somebody ought to run the aisles right now in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody ought to run the aisles right now in Jesus' name. I've got a question to the enemy. Why are you showing up all of a sudden? It's been 50 years and you haven't done a single thing and now we're trying to build something. You want to be a part of it. Romans chapter 12 and 15 says rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. If you weren't weeping with me, I don't want you rejoicing with me. If you weren't there for me when I was broken, I don't want to hear your opinion when God has changed my life. <laughs> 
Oh, come on, let's give God praise. God, we praise you for the work you've done in our life. We praise you, God, for every testimony of victory in spite of the attack of the enemy. The musicians can come back. We're almost finished. I want to tell somebody that the world is trying to discourage. I want to tell somebody that your family is trying to discourage. Your coworkers are trying to discourage that God has the final word. And where you are right now is exactly where you need to be. Don't give up on the things of God. God is working all things together for the good. Oh, come on, let's lift up our voice one more time. I'm almost finished. I'm talking about the mouth of the enemy. The mouth of the enemy that wants to discredit. The mouth of the enemy that's told you lies. The mouth of the enemy that's tried to destroy you with the accusations of the past. If you didn't have time for me when my life was broken, I'm sorry, but there isn't any need for your opinions now. You know, it's funny to me, people who have an opinion about something, it seems like they're always very quick to share it. If you ever met a vegan, you don't have to ask them if they're a vegan. They're just going to tell you they're a vegan. If you ever met an atheist, you don't have to ask them. They're going to tell you. If somebody's on this new diet plan or they're working out, it's just going to come up. They're just going to say, hey, you notice anything? If somebody's got an opinion, they just can't get out. You don't even got to ask them. They're just going to tell you. Recently, we set up our bounce house in our parking lot at the new church, and we're trying to get kids coming, and we're doing the bounce house, and we're doing things outside uh, before it got too hot, and this guy comes up in his little beat-up pinto, and, like, the mirror's missing, and the paint's scratched, and he gets out uh, looking like he lives in his grandma's base and, and has a website with black background and white letters on it or something. And he gets out of his car, and he looks at us, and he says, what is this? Kind of like this. What is this? And it's a bounce house, and his kid's having fun. But he said, well, I said, we're trying to start a new church, so we're trying to reach the kids in the community and pick people up and trying to just do something good for the kids. He looks at the bounce house, and he says, I just saw a YouTube video about bounce houses, and, and there was a bounce house that got carried up 30 feet in the air, and it traveled 30 miles down the road. And, and I'm telling you right now, the kids in that bounce house, they're going to die. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. But why do I tell you that is because the devil, with no real knowledge of what it means to live for God, the devil, with no real experience of what it means to be victorious, somebody said that he couldn't even live for God when there wasn't a devil. But he wants to show up when you're struggling and tell you everything you're not and tell you about your failures and tell you about his mistakes. I'm sorry, but I don't have time for the drive-by opinions. I'm walking on the road to Jesus. And if you're not on the road I'm on, I'm sorry, but that's a distraction. I'm not going to lose my focus. I'm going to guard my focus. I'm going to guard my faith. I'm going to guard my future. I'm not going to listen to every voice with every opinion. You know, sometimes it's like the devil's been messing with us too long. At some point, if you see a football game, if somebody keeps barking at the ref, there's only so much the ref's going to take until he's going to throw him out of the game. The devil's been lying to you for too long. He's been trying to destroy your marriage for too long. Young person, he's been trying to make you give up on life for too long. It's time to throw him out of the game. I'm sorry, but you're out of here. I'm sorry, but anxiety has to leave. I'm sorry, but suicidal thoughts have to leave. If it didn't come from God, I don't want anything to do with it. You're out of here. I want to right now lift our hands all across this house and proclaim the enemy has to leave because God inhabits the praises of his people. The mouth of the enemy that accuses us.
But you know, sometimes we get it confused. Like the devil has all this power and the devil can just step into our life and just mess with us whenever he wants to. But you know, in the book of Job, when the devil came before God and it says the sons of God, that he said, hast thou considered my servant Job? And, and he said, well, God, you know that you've put the hedge all around him. And if you would ever remove all that, I would surely get him to curse you to his face. And God allowed it or gave permission for it to happen. But you know why he gave permission for the enemy to attack? his people is because he knew his people were stronger than the enemy. The reason that the devil uh, was allowed to attack Job because God knew that Job was going to hold on and at the end of it all there was going to be a testimony of the goodness and the keeping power of God. Even when I lose everything I still had my faith. Even when I lost my family I still had my faith. Even when I lost my, my livelihood and everything I had I could hold on to God. If you're going through the hardest trial your life is because God considered you to be worthy of the trial because he knew it would end in glory. It would end in a testimony. It would end in God being lifted up and praised. So tonight, the conclusion of my message is this, and hear me well to somebody that the enemy has been barking at you, the enemy has been trying to discourage you, tell you that you've gone too far, you've messed up too many times, look at the situation you've gotten yourself in, how is there gonna be a brighter day for you? How are things ever gonna get better? I wanna tell you that even when you're in the worst situation of your life, that God is gonna turn it around and work it all together for your good. With Jonah, the fish wasn't meant to kill him, it was the belly of that fish in that Jonah would call out and repent. The fish wasn't meant to kill him, but it was actually meant to save him. The thing that came against you that you thought destroyed you, you may have lost a job, you may have lost opportunities, but it may have been God saving you somewhere in the midst of all that. Joseph and his brothers, the road to Egypt wasn't meant to destroy him, but God was going to use Egypt to elevate him to do great things in the kingdom of God. You may have felt betrayed. You may have felt let down. You may feel bitter and broken by all that's happened in your life. I was in foster care for about 15 years. I don't even know why I had to go through that. But in the midst of everything that the devil meant for evil, God turned it around for the good. I don't know why you're going through what you're going through, but God is going to get the glory. God is going to get the glory. God is going to get the glory if you don't turn back, if you don't give up, if you hold on. God is going to get the glory, and the devil will be defeated. Come on, let's make our way to the front tonight.